you so much. We're going to look at some scriptures, so I would like for you to turn your attention to Romans chapter 8, and we'll start in verse 16, Romans 8, 16. Are you doing well? Yeah, you're doing well. Thank you. Listen, we want to share these, these scriptures with you because we want you to walk in victory. We want you to walk in victory. Uh, if there was ever a time when the church needed to rise up and be who God called us to be, it's now. And let's walk in this. Let's don't walk in what I would call nominal Christianity. You know, you're just average. You know, um, someone said that... When you are at sea level, you are more likely to sink than rise. So let's don't be at sea level. Let's don't be average. Let's look at the Word of God and find out what Paul wanted, to, what Jesus wanted the church to know through, and he gave it to Paul. And Paul writes so beautifully uh, to the church at Rome. So let's look at what he says because it is so applicable to our lives today so applicable as applicable to our lives today verse 16 says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together so Paul says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit our spirit now because of the indwelling Holy Spirit knows that we are children of God and if we don't know that it's because we have believed a lie rather than the truth so the Holy Spirit now bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God what that means is is that the Holy Spirit now has revitalized our human spirit and now we know that we are children of God the Bible teaches us that out of the mouth of two or three witness, witnesses let every word be established and so what Paul wants us to understand what Jesus wants us to understand here is that this truth is firmly established we are children of God born ones of God and if children then heirs he says that means that we have an inheritance heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ and the, but Paul puts, a, as it were, a caveat there. He says, if indeed we suffer with him. So that means that so often our Christianity has been marked by prosperity, by affluence. We, uh, there was a, a time period where much of our preaching was you needed faith so that you could get things, so that you would have all of the luxuries of life. That's pretty much what it was saying. And that is not so accurate. Yes, God wants you to profit, prosper. The Bible says, uh, John says, Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But we leave out the fact that the soul must be prospering. That is, that so if the soul doesn't prosper, you can't handle prosperity. And that's what he wants us to grasp. But he says, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. <clears throat> what Paul has, I believe, in mind here is that when Jesus, when all of this is over, this particular 
uh, era in which we live, when all of this is over, uh, when Jesus comes, when God the Father, when he, as it were, hands the kingdom back to God the Father, and the Father in turn becomes, uh, Jesus becomes the lamp of God forever and ever, and, and Jesus, oh God the Father, is the light. And, and Jesus will receive his inheritance. He inherits all things that are God's. And he says, and you and I will receive, because we're joint heirs, we're going to receive all things together with Jesus. This is so amazing. So let's look at Ephesians. Uh, go to Ephesians because I like to bring my witnesses up. I, I was a would-be lawyer, right? So I want to bring my witnesses to the stand. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, notice what we're saying. You were sealed. The Holy Spirit is your seal that you belong to God. All right? He's the seal. Who is the guarantee. Now, he is the seal. He is also the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. We are the purchased of God through the blood of Jesus to the praise of his glory. And so he, what he wants us to know is that you and I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit who was promised to us. That's a big deal. That's not something that we should have, uh, receive casually. Like, oh yeah, I heard that. No, that's a big deal. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the, that same spirit that sealed you lifts up a standard against him. That is to say, you can go no further, Buster. I mean, that's what we want. Amen. So let's look at this amazing inheritance. We are, we are heirs of God, children of God. And that, and again, I want to say, that means born ones of God. We are children of God, and then we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. As I said to you before, that Jesus does not get his inheritance apart from us. And that's so big and huge again, that the perfect son of God, it gets his heirs with all of the children. Because Jesus was born, as it were, in his earthly life of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, uh, the angel told Mary, Gabriel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And what he, he, he showed her that he would take the very logos of God, the Word of God, implant the Word of God in the womb of Mary. And now that man is born of the Spirit of God. That's amazing. And you and I are born likewise of the Spirit of God. We are actually brothers. That is amazing. And the reality goes beyond and beyond what we like to say. We never say it casually. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4. And we will look at several verses, 1 through 7. 1 through 7. So Paul says, he says to us, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, 
God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And then he says, and, and because we are sons, and because we're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So what, what Paul is showing us, that the Holy Spirit gives us the reality of being children of God. I know I'm a child of God. I don't wonder. I know I am. In the good times and in the bad times, I am a child of God. When I'm going through severe trials, I know I'm a child of God. Do you? Do you know that you're the child of God? He says the Spirit causes us to know that God is our father or our daddy. Our daddy, our papa. Yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You say, well, I've never had that experience. Well, you can if you stop doubting. Believe what the Scripture says. The Scripture says that God has sent forth the Spirit of uh, His Spirit into our hearts, uh, crying out, Abba, Father, Daddy. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So we are, we are sons. And, and the, the word is not conditional if you're a son in the context of the redeemed. In the context of the redeemed, since we are sons, then, then this is our reality. This is our reality. Amen. Amen. So we're no longer a slave. And look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. He gives us some more confirmation. These uh, truths come to give you confirmation. You, you will need everything that we're saying. You're going to need it to walk out your Christian life in this evil day. You will need it. Going to church is not going to be enough. You know, I mean, the, going to church is good. I want more people to come. But that's not enough. You have to know who you are and know what God has done for you and, and actually know that what God has done for you is eternal and it cannot be undone by anything in this world. It cannot be. And of course, there are people out there who are trying to prove Don Lavelle, Pastor D, DGL, wrong. That's so ludicrous. How is it that you want to prove to the church of course, it's not possible. But you want to prove to the church, oh, you can still be lost, that your salvation depends on you. What? What? Did my salvation depend on me? Absolutely not. I am saved not by Don Lavelle, by anything he has done. I'm saved by believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And when I believe that, God did a complete work in me and, and also in you. Amen. So look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. He says, blessed be God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now listen, let's go back there. So he eulogizes God. He talks wonderfully about God, who God, our God and Father, the God 
because God is our God and Father, because he is the God and Father of the Lord Jesus. So he is also ours who believe in him. He has blessed us, the Bible says. This is our inheritance with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. These are ours. They're ours right now. But Paul says, if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. Let's look at it further. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, he says he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That is so mind-boggling to me. You can't explain that away. He chose us in Christ. So that Christ was full before the foundation of the world. And you and I were chosen in him. Having predestined us, he predetermined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. And what Paul tells us, that God has adopted us, so he predestined us to be adopted sons. Now, I've said this multiple times, but I want to say it again. You are not a son of God by adoption. That is, you are a born one of God by adoption. So you are a born son, and you are adopted. So adoption in and of itself did not make you a son in this context because you were born again. And you became a son. Now God adopts you so that you can enjoy all of your privileges or as many as possible right now. That's what that looks like. And the word for adoption has to do with mature sons. We us. It's an, an, uh, an extension of we us. Let's look at John chapter 1 verse 12. John chapter 1 verse 12. In John's gospel, he tells us who we are again. Now, we're getting all of this. We're getting all of this from the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may reign, that we may also be glorified together. And here in John chapter 1 verse 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the King James Version says, the power. He gave you the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. And that's how you became a child of God, a born one of God. I think we should exult in that. We should be excited about that. Knowing that God has given us something, God has done something for us that cannot be undone, even by the trials and tribulations of life. Wow. Even by our stumbling from time to time. And you know, I don't believe that you're going to sin every day. That's a damnable statement. You'll sin every day. No. That's, that's some old preacher that's been sinning a lot. First John chapter 3. First John, John chapter 3, verse one, verses 1 and 2. So I love this scripture. You know, I've quoted it so many times, you all know it by heart. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Oh, wow. This is such love. 
that God has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. It says, therefore, for that reason, because of that, the world does not know us. The world does not know us because it did not know him. I will tell you, as a born-again believer, as a person who knows who you are in Jesus Christ, if the world throws out its arms and says, man, you're the best, oh, girl, you are outstanding, all of that, then you have to check your born-again status. The world does not know us. The world does not know us because why? It did not know him. So don't, don't feel bad when the world rejects you. Don't feel bad when you have a difficulty or difficulties on your job because you haven't uttered your mouth. But they know something is different and they treat you differently. Don't feel bad. Where you, you should be concerned is when the arms are wide open. You are just like us. Wow. But the world does not know us because it did not know him. The world persecuted Jesus. He suffered in this world. And, and you and I will also suffer. Verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God. At this very moment, even if you were to come in here and you felt defeated, at this very moment, you're children of, you're children of God. Beloved, we are, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. So what Paul is saying, it has not been totally disclosed what we shall be. We don't know fully. John tells us that when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So these, these uh, blessings... Uh, the foretelling of these things helped me to get through my daily struggles. Because yeah, some days we want to quit. If you say to me, I've never wanted to quit. Oh, All right, there's a word for you. I won't give it. But, but when we have wanted to quit. But we don't quit because the Holy Spirit keeps revealing to us who we are. Yeah. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Wow. So the Lord is working for us a far and more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He is working that for us. He is working for that, that us, working for us that particular reality. And John chapter 17, verse 24, also gives revelation as to who we are. It's imperative that we know who we are. It's imperative that we know who we are so that we might walk in victory, not in the victory that we think. So many Christians have a yes, but life. Yes, but I'm going to tell them what they need to hear. Yes, but the reality is he's talking about something else, but I've heard Christians say things like that. But the reality is I'm suffering. But the reality is no. I've even heard Christians say, nah, that's one thing, but in the real world, que lastima. Que lastima. What a, what a shame. How, Lord, have mercy upon The real world? You think that world system is the real world? Really? We live in the real world. Yes. 
We live in the world that, that is to come and that already is. So God wants us to comport ourselves very well in the real world, not in that secular society. And so many of us have, as I've said, maybe I should stop using the term, we have drunk too much of the Kool-Aid. We've drunk the Kool-Aid. We believe the lie. We believe that's the real, and this is something else. No, no, we have had too much of the Kool-Aid, and I've shared with you, and I want to share again, because I think it's imperative that I share these things. When you look at the world, the world is falling apart right before our eyes. And if you can't see it, you've closed your eyes or you're blind. You're blind if, you've not, if you can't see it. The, we are not going to save our nation nor any other nation by the world's tools. We will not do it. And we will save many in our nation through the Word of God. The Word of God which lives and abides forever. And any other method is, a, is failure. John says in, in, in chapter 17, verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me, that, that you gave me, may be with me where I am. Now, this is what John says. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory, which you have given me. Wow. It's, it's also glory for you. You are joint heir, which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. That's what John says about us. For you love me before the foundation of the world. Let me... I'm going to go a little fast in verse 18 and then give you some supporting scriptures. I want to encourage you to be all that God has called you to be in this present world. Do not believe the lies told you by well-meaning people. No, you and I are joint heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, but there's a suffering element. We have to go through much to, before we enter the kingdom of God. We have to go through. And faith, we all must live by faith. But faith isn't suffering uh, for, for suffering avoidance or suffering evasion. That's not what faith is for. Faith in, encourages us and enables us to believe every word of God and to go through all the heartbreaks that we receive in this life. Faith will not get you a perfect spouse. No. And if you're still trying to get that, you are faithless. But faith will encourage you and enable you to be a Christian wherever you are. That's faith. That's faith. So we live by faith, not by sight. Let's look at verse 18 quickly. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, I love this, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I reckon, I like that. Now, 
my new King James says, I consider. The old one says, I reckon. I put it on the books. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light affliction, for he calls it, he calls everything that you go through, no matter how bad it is, in comparison to the glory that will be revealed in us, he says it's a light affliction. Man, man, that's big. Somebody might say, well, I don't know about that. Well, you, you act like you're not safe. You don't know what the, the, the scriptures are true, that there's veracity in the scriptures. Wow. This, oh, for our light affliction, he says. This is a man who was beaten five times with a cat of nine tails. I, I could take two lashes, maybe. Five times, 39 lashes. 40, he says, 40 stripes save one. It didn't mean that one was saved in the sense that we're saved. But what it means is 39, five times, three times beaten with rods, one time stoned. Stoned. He wasn't rocked. We got these little rocks here in Texas. He was stoned. Handful. A loaf of bread stoned. And he says, light affliction. Which is, but for a moment. He said, you're taking eternity against this little short space of your difficulty. He says, but it's but for a moment. So the glory is forever, whereas the suffering is temporary and light. So we ought to go through it. By faith we go through it. Not murmuring our way through it. Not murmuring, not complaining our way through it. Not telling, asking to God, why me, Lord? Why not you? But if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. John 15, 20. Amen. John 15, 20. Remember the word that I said to you. Jesus is speaking. I, a servant is not greater than his master. Remember the words that I said to you. You and I will go through hard times. But I want you to remember the words too that Jesus said to you and the words that I preached to you. A servant is not greater than his master. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. You know, sometimes when we're in church, we think that everything is going to be hunky-dory in church, right? You think that everybody's going to be nice and polite to you in church. And if they don't, you say, what kind of church is that? The same kind of church that you're a part of. Because just like somebody maybe unintentionally offended you, you have, you have offended many, maybe intentionally. Maybe it wasn't just unintentionally with you. What I'm saying is we're all growing. We're all growing. I never intentionally hurt anybody. And if I, through some kind of momentary anger or displeasure, say something, I'm sorry. And I, I, I can say I'm sorry. 
Well, Jesus says, if they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Let's look at First Peter, and then I'll be done. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Okay, can I not be done? <laughs> I've got several more verses. i got, sec- after First Peter 4, 12, I've got Second Timothy 3, 12. Second Timothy 3, 12, and I've got Isaiah 65, okay? First Peter 4, 12. Beloved, listen how sweetly he talks to us. Beloved. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which is the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Don't think it's strange that you're going through. For a while, people were teaching us that if you were going through difficulty, that meant you didn't have enough faith. Faith is not suffering avoidance, suffering evasion. It's not for that. Faith is to get you through. You believe that this too shall pass. That one day I'm going to be with Jesus forever and ever. Para siempre, por los siglos a los siglos. That's what he says to us. Come on, in the name of Jesus. The next time say in the name of Jesus. Next time say in nombre de Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at 2 Timothy 3.12. Now, now write this down in your heart. Tell Jesus, write this on the tablets of my heart. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Not might. You can't, your faith's not going to avoid it. And just like you have felt like I was in church and they hurt me, somebody can probably say of you, I was in church and they hurt me. But let's don't do it intentionally. All right, all right. Isaiah 65, 17 and 18 is my last verse. This is so, <laughs> this is such a blessing to me. I love this. I, I didn't just now discover it, but it, it discovered me in a deep way. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Now listen. This is, what, this is our final reality, brothers and sisters. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Let's say it one more time. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Wow. Let's look, look at verse 18. Go back to 17. For behold, let's say it together. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Verse 18, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. He says, he said, what I prepared for you 
is so good. You won't remember the suffering. He said, it won't even come to mind. It will not be able to fall upon your new heart. I told you, I tell you all things about my dad, don't I? I remember one day when my dad retired from the railroad. Dad was a pastor, worked on the railroad, farmed. He did everything to take care of his family. And that's why I believe every man ought to take care of his family. If you don't take care of your family, you're not a man of God. Even if, even if something happened and you're divorced now, you ought to take care of those children. They ought to know they can count on you. My dad worked hard all of his life. Hard worker. He would come home sometimes after heavy rains and snow. He'd come home with water in his galoshes. Did I say it right? <laughs> he would come home with water, pour out the water out of, his boot, out of his boots. He said to me one day, he said, son, retirement has been so good. I can hardly remember the days of hard labor. Jesus says, in, a, in, a, in this context, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Morning is coming for the saints of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep on keeping on. In Jesus' name, amen.